Okay, hey everybody, uh, thanks for listening today. I'm very excited to have Andrew Resizer on the phone. Andrew's in Red Bank, New Jersey, and uh, he's a co-owner of B2 Bistro and Bar. And I um, uh, really appreciate you taking the time, Andrew, to, to speak with us today. No problem at all. So um, just get me started, man. I read on your site that you uh, your grandfather had a restaurant, so you kind of grew up around that, and I know you went to Culinary Institute of America. So um, tell me about just sort of your background in the business and what got you sure. started in it. And, and uh, I know you were in China, I believe, for a while, too. So just fill us in, yeah. man. Um, you've, had a, you've had a lot of years in the business, it sounds like. Uh, a decent amount of time since I was about, I guess, 14, but I grew up in it. Um, so my uh, my grandfather started a uh, fast food chicken and rib business. It's still in my family. Um, it's been going strong for about 52 years or so now. Uh, it's located in Woodbridge, New Jersey, about a half hour away from, from where I actually uh, own our business here. Um, and, you know, I grew up kind of being in the store the entire time. I actually went to grammar school across the street, so... I'd leave grammar school and be able to walk over and kind of see my, my father and uh, what he was doing um, and knew the hours and stuff like that were going to be tedious as I got older in life. So um, I guess at around the age 14 or so, I started to think of the industry more in a professional sense and really wanted to kind of delve into it. Um, funny enough, I never ended up working for my father or my grandfather, um, never actually stepped behind the counter or did any cooking for them other than like a little bit of oh, wow extra help um, at some like street fairs or events that they did. But uh, I started my career working as a food runner and then moved my way up to like a, a server at a retirement community around the corner from where I grew up in Titton Falls um, at, at the age of 14 and slowly progressed to not really doing so well in my first two years of high school. And my guidance counselor saying to me, you know, would you ever be interested in doing like a vocational program? And I heard the words culinary arts and kind of jumped at the opportunity. Uh, so my last two years of high school, I actually had the opportunity to gain college credits. And I went to a Brookdale kind of uh, intro college vocational program for culinary arts and had an awesome time doing it. Um, really learned a bunch and moved my way up through the ranks in that. And then actually, secured a line cook position with the same company that I was working for. Uh, so I was with them for almost four and a half years or so until I went to college. And then in going to CIA, I mean, it was history from there. I mean, you get up there and you start doing all the classes and work, and you have to have a really good mindset to it because it's kind of an expedited program. Uh, I did my what is technically a four-year program in about three and a quarter years. Um, and... You know, I extern shipped around the corner from a, from the restaurant that I have now, uh, and I've learned a lot as far as the industry is concerned. You know, I had some opportunities to kind of travel around a little bit. I went to China, did some cooking there for two weeks with one of our instructors at CIA, and then kind of uh, worked into, you know, running a restaurant for about nine years in Ocean Township and was given a good opportunity to start my own place with partners and great investors here. So that's what's kind of led me to, I guess, being on the phone with you now. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, what, so I, that's amazing. I'm so, I have to say I'm surprised you never worked uh, for, your, for your dad or your grandfather. Was that 
something you just you wanted to strike out on your own or um I I guess so. I mean, you know, it's funny. I think I have the same mentality as my father does. Um always go like bigger and better than the person before you in a sense and mm. yeah. He didn't go to to college or anything crazy for like culinary arts or anything like that and when he found out that I wanted to go, pushed me to do it and never really wanted me to, to step foot into his business because he wanted to see me strive for more. Um, and it was the same thing that his father was kind of expecting from him. But, you know, the business was kind of passed down to him, and uh, he took it from a one-page menu, just kind of like little small takeout concept to this extravagant big uh, takeout concept with, like six delivery drivers and the ability to do big catering operations and stuff like that. So he really showed me that you put your mind to it, you can kind of strive for anything. Um, and I guess that's what I've been doing ever since and never really had the, I guess, want to, to step into his business. As I get older, though, I want it more and more. I, I want him to uh, to give me the opportunity to kind of take it off of his hands and show him what I can do with it, but... Uh, that's all in due time. When when the man decides he wants to retire, I'm sure I'll have that conversation with him. That's really cool, man. What, what, let me, so you, but you've been around it for a long time, and um, around it for your, most of your life, and you've been in it for a long time. What <clears throat> what is it about the business that really lights your fire? Um, I just, I like the interaction with the people. To be honest with you, um, it's a satisfying and immediate gratification kind of job. It's also an immediate. Uh, I guess non-gratifying job as well. Like if you, you you get somebody on the wrong side or you kind of give them a something that they don't enjoy, you immediately hear about it as well. Um, mm. But it's everything is is instant rather than it you're waiting for something. I don't have to sit behind a desk all the time. I'm I'm out moving around a lot. I get to speak a lot with not only my chefs and, and people that are here, but also my guests that walk in the door. You know what? I, I follow the, the statement from you know my mother's side of the family. My grandfather always taught me, if you love what you do, you never work your day in a life and in your life. And I love what I do. I love coming into work every day. Uh, I love the fact that you know now I have something that I can say is mine. I'm a partner in this business, and I worked my ass off to get to where I'm at right now. But um, and I'm going to continue to do so. And it's a matter of just kind of learning every single day. That's the only way that we can do it. Um, yeah, that pretty much covers it. I hear you, man. So, tell, how long have you guys been in business at Be True? Uh, so we're coming up on our two-year mark, which will be uh, right at the end of June this year. And how long did you plan it? Huh. The building build-out took nine months to get to where we wanted it to be. The hmm. uh, planning process itself, I was asked to step on the team after they had already decided on the location and they had already decided on my partner as the executive chef, he was already hired. So he found me, our executive chef and my partner in business found me. He uh, actually found me through a mutual friend who was his sous chef in New York city at a couple of restaurants that he ran. And that mutual friend actually was my college roommate at CIA. So he calls me up one day and says, you know, listen, I know you've been looking for a long time. I said, yeah, well, you know, I'm not really just apt to giving my resume out. And he says, well, listen, I wouldn't steer you in the wrong direction. Send it to me. I want to send it to somebody and see what they think. So he sends it to 
my partner Chez at the time, and he goes, "I want to set up an interview immediately." I met with the investors and we talked for a little bit, and um, I guess everything kind of fell into place from there, and all the rest is history. So, so you, um, so you have a group of investors. We do. Um, they are rather quiet in regards to everything. They don't. They just want to make sure that you know we're we're doing what we need to do here to to make everything successful. They allow Ches and I to really make it what we want to make it. The concept of the business needs to be, you know, kind of exuded from both myself and him. We want to make it a, a rustic, homey, down, non pretentious style of restaurant. You know, we want people to walk in here any day for whether it be a burger or a seven course tasting meal, they can get either of those two options at any point in time, you know. Um and just have fun with it. Just feel comfortable. Feel like you're sitting in a in a friend's house around their kitchen table or you're just hanging out in their kitchen kind of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. And um you uh okay, so you 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 nine months and then you guys opened two years ago. How's it going so far? It's going great. Um there's always hiccups. I mean, no matter what with this business, uh, as much as it is gratifying and, and taxing as well, you, there's a lot that you have to quickly change and adapt to. Um, I, I figured that would be expected. You know, there's there's quick turnover in the beginning of the stages of the restaurant. You know, people come and go. We've got a pretty solid team behind us now, though, and a uh, great sous chef and great line cooks and my front of the house floor staff and, and bar staff has really uh, come into their own. And we have a, a family here. We actually just recently, a month ago, threw them their first holiday party after that kind of year and a half mark. And they're, they were ecstatic to have it. And it was it was great. So things are going really well, though. What is it? What's a typical day look like for you? When do you get started and how long are uh, you there? 10 o'clock in the morning usually. Um, both myself or my assistant manager will step in the door and then it's a lot of paperwork and, and getting things ironed out where they need to be, um, utilizing scheduling and, and getting up to speed on who's coming in for the day and then just writing up a punch list, you know, it's going down what needs to get done. I mean, sitting in front of me right now in my office where I'm speaking to you from, is basic stuff that I, I know that I need to get done. Payroll was one of them today because it's a Monday. Uh, getting things organized in regards to invoicing and pricing. And also, you know, tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so making sure that we are fully prepped up and, like, ready to go for for that big event, in a sense. So. Gotcha. And then your yeah, day and then, would... And then from, from there, it gets into, you know, a... a busier kind of aspect the service staff comes in uh we start to we start to uh get everybody ready and then right, right around 4 30 or so we sit down in our private dining room with the staff and we go into a uh, pre-meal aspect everything from menu questions to specials and things like that service starts at five o'clock for dinner and we we go throughout the night, you know, it's a it's a normal thing. And then I'm here usually until right around the ten thirty, eleven o'clock mark on a normal day and then once the weekends come around we don't usually leave here until about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. So 
it's a long day, but uh, it's a good thing to have an assistant manager and, and a partner and sous chef and things like that. It's good that people have those other roles. It kind of allows me to still enjoy some semblance of a life. Yeah, I'm sure finding that balance can be can be challenging, especially in the, <clears throat> the early years when you're just getting going like that. Yeah, there's a, um, not much balance in the beginning. I'll tell you that right now. It's, it's work, 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 and then uh, from there it goes into when you get the time, you get to go see your girlfriend or my nieces or anything like that and kind of spend time with family. But so. Well, it's 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 a demanding job for sure. Um, sure is the. Um, What's your what tell me about your your leadership style? Um so I I would say that when I was younger and I was running a restaurant over an ocean, I had times when, you know, I'd yell a lot and kind of get to that point and I've learned a long time ago that there's no reason to to do anything of the sort. It's you know, ask a few times and then train and teach as much as possible. Um, and there's certain people that get it and there's certain people that don't, unfortunately they just kind of weed themselves out, but you can't be, uh, I, I say it to my assistant manager quite a lot. You can't be a Gestapo or a police officer when you come into work every day. It's, and you can't like bark orders at people. Um, they have to know that you're willing to do absolutely anything that you're asking them to do. And that's, mm. that's how I base my, my leadership on, you know, be the person that's helping them pull the cart along, not the guy that's sitting in the cart whipping them into shape. Doesn't work that way. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, it gives you the uh, more credibility with them, probably. Uh, yeah, makes for them sure. Want to do it versus feeling like they have to do it. Correct. What? What? Um. That sounds like a good lesson you learned over the years. What else have you? What other lessons have you learned in the business? That maybe you do things differently now than you did early on, or. <clears throat> things you learned that, you know, were important that you didn't know when you were kind of first getting started running running a restaurant? Uh, I mean, I think there's 15 or 16 different ways to, to go about doing everything mm. in the restaurant. You know, there's a there's not a right way or wrong way. There's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do stuff and get things where they need to be. Um, I think the biggest thing is keeping your eyes and ears open. I think that I wasn't doing that much when I was younger and realizing that, you know, it's it's more important to listen to everything that's going on around you and watch everything that's going on around you so that you're actually in tune with it all and can make decisions on the fly um, and take other people's input for that matter. I, I was a big believer in the beginning of my career that, you know, I was this young kid, like hot shot kind of coming out of culinary school. I know what's best, and that's not the, the, the truth at all. You know, I, I used to get – told by my executive chef in the place that I ran before he'd say to me you know you don't know no, you don't know a damn thing you, you need you need to keep working every single day and, and learn something new every day and then eventually it kind of all clicked and was like you know you really have to strive for something new every single day whether it's hmm. I, I said it to a, a staff member the other day strive to improve one percent every day ten percent a week you know, something, just anything that you can possibly do, learn something new. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. The more experience you have, the more you realize you didn't know when you were, when you were, when you thought you knew everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and you know what? You, you never will. Um, 
with right. an attitude or anything like that. You can't, you never will learn everything. It's never going to happen. There's always going to be somebody out there that can teach you something. So I just feel it's, you know, it's smart to listen and, and keep your head and up to everybody. So do you, um, do you have a hard time or is it, is it, you know, as you, as you grow, I mean, you, you've been at it for two years. I'm sure you're starting to have to find ways to give up more control or, um, more autonomy to your team. Is it, is it, um, is that a challenge to let go of things? I mean, I know when you first start, you kind of, you know, it's, you almost probably feel like you have to do everything, but, uh, but, you know, it's not sustainable either. Um, yeah, like, talk a little saying, bit about like, that. Give, uh, give more trust, trusting people to have trusting, responsibilities yeah. that maybe you had done early on. Yeah. I, I, I think that that became, that was something that I did a lot at my old location, my old stomping grounds. You know, it was, if Andrew wasn't there, then something was going to go wrong. And I had that feeling and I lived around the corner from the place and would step in like every day that I had off or be on the phone all the time. And it was just a, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't good for not only my mental state and my state with my, my family, my girlfriend and things like that, but you know, there was no trust in, in anybody else. So, what were they really going to learn from it? Stepping into this business and, and being a partner here, you kind of realize that you need to let things go. And it allows me to groom my assistant manager and my, my bar manager and, and things like that to become better at their jobs and eventually at one point in time maybe have their own. So I realized early on in this business, as far as like B2 is concerned, that – I wanted to give them the opportunity to, to speak their mind and do what they wanted to do. And then, you know, they'd have to run it by me, but we would ultimately work with their decisions and see if the way that they wanted to do it was actually going to work out for them. And I've yeah. quickly learned that allow people to, to kind of showcase what they can do for you. It'll give you a little more trust in them and then also give you a little more time to take a breather and step away and enjoy yourself kind of thing. So, I'm not on the phone as much as I used to be anymore. When I, I have my days off, I can almost put my phone aside and trust that the business is going to run fine. And, you know, at times I'll look at the cameras and just double check and make sure everything's all right and maybe give a phone call in and just check in. But I trust in everybody that's here now. And, you know, the business is running smoothly. I get my nightly reports from them and we set standards and standard operating procedures that need to be adhered to no matter who's running the business or the show. And as long as those things are followed, you know, everything's going to be okay. It does. We don't need to have myself here or chef here at all points in times. You know, the restaurant will run. People will still keep walking in our doors and still keep eating good food and enjoying themselves. So, Well, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Um, I, I like the I like the video on your homepage. Uh, folks that are listening, go, go to their homepage and check out the video. I'll, I'll put the, the link to their page in the uh, – notes for this but um the video kind of tells your story for uh, you mm -hmm. and your partner and um it's uh yeah it's just a, it, it resonated with me i like people's stories i like learning about people you know they're behind the business particularly with independent restaurants and sure. what they're doing why that why they're doing it how are you um how are you sharing your story other than that i mean how, how do you share your story in red bank and how do you you know, spread the word about what y'all are doing and, and, um, 
um, you know, do you do advertising or social media or, or are you just focus on just, you know, creating a great experience so you get word of mouth or what, what kind of drives the, the process of spreading the word? I think the word of mouth is definitely one of the biggest things, no matter what, it's just kind of the way that this area is that we have our business mm-hmm. in. But I mean, social media is the driving force behind a lot nowadays. The, Good thing is, is that my girlfriend, uh, she runs her own social media marketing company, and she is in charge of maintaining our social media presence here for B2. So I have a pulse on it every single day. I technically can't get away from it, which is not great all the time, but it's a good thing because I know what's going on. So... Social media is a big portion of it. We don't advertise as much as we probably should, but, you know, to be honest with you, I think print advertising has kind of gone to the winds a little bit. Like, there's not as much that's out there anymore. I mean, it's, I feel like a lot of yeah. mail is thrown away. But um, as far as the social media aspect is concerned, we respond to every single review that we get, whether positive or negative. We want to make sure that people know that we're listening to them. Um, the other aspects are, you know, just staying up on our menus and being current. And we've gotten a lot of great press because of that. You know, the Asbury Park Press, uh, other big newspapers in the area have contacted us and done write-ups. And it's just, it's helped us. People want to know what's going on or who we are. And we're two young guys, as you have seen from our, uh, video, but that we just, kind of fell into this awesome opportunity and are running our own business and doing it the way we want it to do. And we're just trying to be real casual with it and non-pretentious and showcase that it can be done without having all these bells and whistles attached to it, you know? So What do you mean by that? I, I just think that a lot of the hospitality industry is kind of overdone nowadays in certain aspects. Like, I think that we need to get back to roots and and rustic qualities and cook comfort food and let people just kind of sit back and enjoy and don't overdo it. There's no reason to like, if you, if I can correlate back to some of my fondest memories of eating just good food and drink and being around good people, it's usually at somebody's house where either their mother or they made food for me. And I sat down at the table and shared stories and had like, a beer or a, a glass of wine that like came from, you know, a mixed bag of whatever they had in the house at that point in time. And it didn't have to be anything like crazy. It didn't have to be anything over the top. And that's what we're trying to do here is, is showcase to people that we can be a restaurant that doesn't have to be anything over the top, but can still put out phenomenal product, food service. Mm. And, and just, you know, they don't have to, break the bank for it either. We're not trying to do that. So, gotcha. I mean, don't get me gotcha. wrong. There's still a, there's still a big call for going out to New York city and, and experiencing this seven course or 11 course tasting menu. And there's still a great thing about that. And it showcases like what the other side of our industry is about. But in the same sense, this side of the industry to me, like can be simplistic as well too. It can be comforting. So I don't think we should ever forget that. No, I agree. I love it. I love it. That's, that's, that, that we need more of those places everywhere. 
Um, well, so what's next, man? You guys been at it a couple of years? Are you, uh, you, you, you focused on what you're doing or do you think you'll, will you can, will you grow the concept or do you, we'll, I mean, we'll grow sure the concept. About I, don't, it, I don't think we'll do the same thing again. We'll do something maybe smaller or something bigger, you know, uh, We'll change the whole thing around. We focus around our wood-fired oven being a centerpiece in our place here. Now, hmm. maybe the next place could be a wood-fired grill. You know, focus on meats and like stuff like that. And you know, uh, we just we've looked at other locations and we've looked at other opportunities, and we need to find the right fit for us if we're going to do something else. And we also need to make sure that the the breadwinner, the, the baby, the, the you know the our birth child, the, the thing that we've strived for for the longest, mm-hmm. taken care of here. So B2 is number one in our eyes. And after that, um, everything else kind of will fall into succession. So, and like I said, our, our investors are very smart people and they are always looking out for the betterment of us. So they're always looking at other opportunities for us. And then they're putting it in front of us and saying, you know, is this something that you would be interested in? Do you think that we can make something like this work? And the conversations are always, always turning, uh, always going on, and we sit down in, in meetings every single week with our partners, the investors, and just kind of you know go over the the basic in and outs. So it's important. Sounds like you have a good group of investors that are that are uh, um, doing uh, you know doing a lot to help, not just not just sitting back and expecting a return. For sure, for sure, they don't they stay quiet, but they don't uh, they don't sit out in nowhere land and kind of look down on us. They they really want to, they want to know that they can still stay involved and uh, we're doing something that's going to benefit all of us. Good deal. Good yeah. deal. Anything else, man? I'll let you roll, but I, any other thoughts you'd have for folks that are getting, you know, want to get into the business? Um, maybe, you know, typical advice that you give people that are, they're coming up in the business. <laughs> um, <laughs> it makes me laugh because I, uh, it's funny, we ask every intern that walks in the door like a, a new guy in the kitchen um, because I have a culinary background and obviously so does my chef. We say it all the time, like, don't do it, man. Like, don't do it. Get out now while you can. But it's because it's taxing and it's long hours on your life. But if you really love it and you really enjoy doing it, just put your all to it. Understand that you're going to have to do as many hours as you could possibly imagine Uh just to get where you want to be, and uh, it doesn't come easy. That's the biggest aspect of it. It doesn't. It just does not come easy. Uh, but be fully invested in it. I've seen so many people that are. One guy was like a lawyer or a uh, a Wall Street guy. Just decided, I'm done with this. I want to just go make beer. I want to go like open up a restaurant. Okay, go for it, man. You got the money, but make sure you're ingrained and ready to go and do it, kind of thing. Um, and a year later, it's it's gone. You know, it's something that they couldn't sustain or handle because they couldn't handle the hours. They were used to that nine to five kind of lifestyle and mm. dining in restaurants. They got to make, you got to make sure it's like really, really, really um, ingrained in what you do. I think that's my only piece of advice. So absolutely. And don't stop learning absolutely. about it. And don't stop learning. All right, man, well, this is yeah. good advice. This is good stuff, Andrew. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing the story and um, just appreciate your time and appreciate your, your business and, um, wish you guys best of luck, man. We're really stoked to serve you all. Awesome, awesome. We really appreciate it. You guys do a great job for us, so thank you so much. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Take care. You too.
Thanks. All right. See you. Bye.